you know, as our level of responsibility increases, so does the multitude of choices that we have to make. It's estimated, now hang on to your seats, it's estimated that the average person makes 35,000 choices a day. Yeah. I said the same thing when I, when I heard that. But it says this. It's estimated that an average adult makes 35,000 remotely conscious, remotely conscious decisions at each, each day. Each decision, of course, carries certain consequences with it, either good or bad. Now, when I first read that, I, had a, I almost took offense to that remotely conscious decision. Anybody else? Remotely conscious? What, what, what does that mean? But I've been reading this book lately. It's called Unoffendable. And I made the choice. I'm learning not to waste energy on things I don't understand, on things that are spoken that make no difference to me whatsoever. So we make choices each and every day. We make choice what we come, let come in. We make choice about what goes out. Sometimes things go out and then you wonder, did I just say that? I was thinking it, but did I just say it? Yeah? Yeah. We were created by a loving Father. Father God to make choices. In the Bible, there's over 200 references to the word choose or variations. You know, you all made a decision this morning, like we said earlier, to sit down. But before that, you made a decision to roll out of bed. You made a choice to have breakfast or not. You made a choice on what to wear. You made a choice to be here today. Thank you. Give yourself a hand for coming out to worship. Beautiful worship this morning, just to, just to worship God, to worship what Jesus has done for us. You all make a choice later where you're going to go to lunch, where you'll eat dinner. Now, listen to this one. Each day, a person makes a conscious decision 226 times as to what they're going to eat. (laughs) I don't know who came up with all this stuff. Somebody from Harvard. But anyway, what you need to go, you know, what you need to do before you go to bed, when you go to bed, what time. So I know you all get the point. We make a lot of choices, and we do. We do make a lot of choices. But the greatest choice that you did today, the the greatest choice is to follow Jesus. That is the greatest thing you could ever do in your life is make that decision to follow Jesus Christ. It's what we call a life choice because your whole life changes. From that point on, you want to think differently. You want to do things differently. You want to be who God has made you to be. You want to... Be like Jesus, to have the characteristics of Jesus, the traits of Jesus Christ. But my question this morning is this. Who or what are your choices fueled by? Each of us have to look inside and ask ourselves, what are my choices fueled by? What makes me choose what I choose? A lot of our choices are fueled by past life experiences, habits, memories, I just had to look up there and make sure the time was up there because Josh said I only have so much time. Pastor Josh, thank you. (laughs) So 
habits, fleshly desires, commitments, individual differences, many things that we've learned over the years can cloud our judgment. But Jesus gave us a promise. In John 14, 15 through 17, if you love me, and I want you just to close your eyes a minute and internalize this. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. He is in each of us. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. Underline that, the spirit of truth. Can you do that in your mind? You know, I got this thing I just underline that, spirit of truth, because he is. He helps us choose truth. He helps us make decisions each day. We don't have to make our choices alone. We don't have to default to past experiences, memories, habits, hurts. We choose. We've been given the ability to choose. So I say, for most of you that have computers in here, control, alt, delete. It's very simple, right? Yeah. Or you can say hit reset. Sometimes that works. But it's all possible through God. It's all possible through a loving Father. Amen? So today we're going to look at what Apostle Paul has to say about choices in Galatians 5, verses 16 through 23. Now, we all know Paul was a devout Jew, a Pharisee, highly educated, very religious, blameless under the law. I want you to keep that in your mind, blameless under the law, who we know from Scripture encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, and his life was radically changed. How many of you have ever thought about this? Where does that saying come, I'll knock you off your high horse? You ever think about that? I think about that when I hear what happened to Paul. Because Paul was all puffed up and he was doing what he thought was right. And he got knocked off his high horse. Maybe it came from there. I have no idea. But Paul is attributed to writing two-thirds of the New Testament. So he's someone, someone that is on fire for God. Paul wrote the following passage to believers, but is it just for believers today? I should say, he wrote the passage for new believers, but is it just for new believers? Is it for everyone all the time? You know, we never stop receiving. We never stop learning. We continually be filled by the Holy Spirit. So Paul describes two opposing forces that work within us, the Holy Spirit and our evil inclinations. So... I think we have the scriptures up here. And if you want to turn with me to Galatians 5, 16 through 23, I'll give you a second to do that. In 16, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the spirit, I'm, I'm sorry, for the l- flesh lust." against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, 
fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. Now, let's just read a little bit further. Verse 24 says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Can we say that together today? If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in truth. We don't do it alone. 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Or we can say, fulfill worldly desires. We have a sin nature, for instance. I catch myself complaining, especially about other people's driving. I I just haven't worked that out yet. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Must be a common problem. I know I can't change others. I know I can't make them follow the rules. But still... Something just rises up in there and says, why can't you drive like I drive? You know? I think one of the greatest pieces of advice I gave to Riley when she started driving was, Riley, you have to drive for those around you. You have to watch everything. See the big picture, more or less. I'm one that likes rules. You could say some of the tests I took, I'm a rules keeper. But I can't enforce my rules on anyone. I can walk in that way. I can show the way you're supposed to do things, but whether people follow or not, I can't, I can't make that happen. I like order. I don't like chaos. But you know something? There's, there's a step where the Holy Spirit comes, and there's a, I don't want to call it chaos, but it's exciting. And we can't control it, and we don't want to control it. Then there's selfishness. And to be honest, I think all of us have a bit of selfishness in us at times, if we're honest with ourselves, if we're really true with, true with ourselves. You know, and, and, and kids, you'll like this. It's like when your last favorite cookie is left, and you've got to share it or not. We can fall into sin. Habits like ambition, anger, jealousy, envy. Different things that can affect us if we allow it to. We have to be aware of confusing our feelings with the Spirit's leading. Being led by the Spirit involves a desire to hear, a readiness to obey, and the ability to discern between our feelings and the Holy Spirit's promptings. Let's look at Genesis and the story of Adam and Eve. The question could be asked, did people have the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Well, I looked up an answer, and this is what I found. The answer is the Spirit mainly came upon the prophets and the national leaders in the Old Testament. 
God put Adam and Eve in the garden that he prepared for them. He gave them everything they'd ever need. It was all there. He had fellowship with them. He didn't just put them in there and leave them. And, you know, he had fellowship with them? Yeah. It says so in Genesis 3.8. And they heard the Lord, they heard the sound of the Lord, God, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. Now, I can't, I don't know for certain that God was walking there in the garden every day. But I can't believe that he didn't come into the garden until after they sinned. But what happened when God wasn't with them? Why do you think he put the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil in the garden? He put it there so they'd choose. Except through selfishness, they chose themselves instead of God. Left to our own desires, what will we do? Thank God we have a helper. Thank God we have a helper. But also I think about the story of Joseph in Genesis. He understood that he was accountable to God. And that the fulfillment of his dream was completely dependent upon God. Joseph stayed the course. We don't read that he complained anywhere. Joseph lived a God-dependent life, and he lived in the midst of great adversity. He knew his future rested in the hands of God. Joseph could have turned to he could have turned to his sin nature. He could have gone after the fleshly desires, but he stayed the course, and he ended up second in command in Egypt. God has a plan. God has a purpose for each of us. Each one of us. How often do we find ourselves battling our sin nature and not choosing him? When the sin nature shows up, do we struggle? Do we say, I can't can't battle this. I can't do this. Or can we say with boldness, the blood of Jesus covers that and covers that and covers that. And there is nothing that the blood of Jesus doesn't cover including sickness in our bodies. The blood of Jesus covers us. Walk in faith, knowing that God has us. Tune into the Holy Spirit. Each and every day, listen. Speak to him. Commune with the Spirit of God. It takes time in the Word, in intimacy, with the Lord to recognize the reasons we move towards the desires of the flesh. I heard something this past week, and it really stuck with me. Now, I want you to focus on what I'm about to say because it's, it's something you have to kind of take in. Don't believe everything that you think. Don't believe everything that you think. Get the facts. Get the facts from God's Word. Get the facts by going to the Father and say, Father, show me. We all have unmet needs, unkept promises, things that were promised us from others, things that we thought should have been ours, things in our lives not dealt with 
that become highlighted as we grow. Be open to that. Be open to what the Lord shows you as you grow. I always thought, Lord, just, just do it and just show me it all at once. And how many of you are familiar with the, those onions at the uh, Outback Steakhouse? That's what you'd look like if he gave you everything at once. Just, you, you can't handle it all. So as things come, take them to the Lord. Deal with them. This verse has a promise that we can all stand upon. And it shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Shall not is a great promise to hang on to. But it's only fulfilled when we choose to follow the Holy Spirit. Respond to the Holy Spirit. It's an exercise. You can exercise your freedom to do what you know is right by responding to the Holy Spirit. Following the Holy Spirit assures victory over your sinful behaviors. Something happens. I, want, I, I think about something and I have to over this way and look again. Is that really what, for instance, husbands and wives, or you know, parents and children, you could you do this too. You know, this is what I heard. Is that what you meant to say? It's so simple. Give each other that grace. Parents, give your children that grace. Husbands and wives, give yourselves grace. Is this is what I heard? Is that what you meant? It's so simple. So simple. 17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish at times. Again, I say, Paul describes two opposing forces at work within us, the Holy Spirit and our evil inclinations. But is, Paul's not saying that these forces are equal. By no means, the Holy Spirit is infinitely stronger. But we are weak when left to ourselves, as we saw with Adam and Eve. We will make wrong decisions left to ourselves, left to our own devices. We can't underestimate the, the potential of our desires fueled by our sin nature. The Holy Spirit empowers us with freedom to make right choices. And remember this, the Holy Spirit is not trying to control us. Jesus said what? He's a helper. I will send a helper. That helper has wisdom. We've been set free by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we still have fleshly and worldly habits, patterns that can continue until we choose to walk according to the Spirit's leading. 18 says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You know, I think about that. You know, if you try to live by the law, you're condemned by your inability to keep it. If you live by sin, you're going to be destroyed by your evil inclinations, your evil actions. None of us could keep 613 laws. I wouldn't want to try. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Paul tells us Jesus set us free from the law and the slavery to the law. We've been set free. We just say thank you, Jesus, this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. For because of his love, our past transgressions are forgiven. Our past mistakes are erased. Jesus made forgiveness possible through his blood sacrifice. You know, we can talk about forgiveness forever. The thing is, Jesus paid the price for our forgiveness. How can we not forgive someone else? To not accept forgiveness is to say that what Jesus did upon the cross wasn't enough for me. And I know that's not what people mean when they say that. They just have to search out what they're really speaking in that time. We need to accept his forgiveness and embrace the leading of the Holy Spirit fully. Nineteen starts out, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are idolatry, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions and heresies, envy, murderers, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That, that's a strong statement at the end, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what's involved in all that? You know, there are a lot of obvious works that we just read, but the ones we hear about in the world today are many of these, such as drunkenness, drug abuse, murder, adultery, stealing. But what about ambition? What about pride? What about anger? What about jealousy and envy? You know, they have a a habit, and selfishness is another one. They have a habit of sneaking up on us when we least expect it. Sometimes they're very hard to see what's in our lives. But are we open to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Sometimes when I find myself upset about something stupid, there it is, I said it, stupid, I I would like to yell and say, it's not my fault. I didn't start it. No. See, there it goes. It's not my fault. But it is my fault because I went there. I chose to go there instead of choosing to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and walk in his direction. Have you ever gotten upset and angry And then got angry for getting upset and angry in the first place? Why do we do that? Ask the Holy Spirit. He will show you the root cause in every situation. In every situation. But then you have to be willing to look at that. A little side note, years ago when uh, they were... When building was going on around here and there was some, um, the pastor made a comment about, we have specific traffic patterns. Would you please adhere to them? Well, I had just, I had been on the board for years. I just come off the board and I saw two board members just shoot out through the parking lot. And I said, when I got a chance, I said, guys, you know, people watch what you do. And they just kind of went, hmm, and walked off. Just happened. But I took that I took that in the wrong way. I just took that. They didn't care. 
Well, no one's they didn't care. It just didn't make that much of a difference to them, but maybe they change after that. But the thing that I'm getting at here is that as I asked the Holy Spirit what was going on, he took me back to childhood where I had two brothers, Brother Kim and Brother Keith. And everything Brother Kim and Brother Keith did, because they were closer in age, guess who got in trouble for it? Any, any of you children here have the same issue? No, I'm not going to go there. <clears throat> so find yourself following the Holy Spirit. You don't have to hang on to that stuff. He will give you the answer. The Holy Spirit reveals to us what's going on within us. It's simple as admitting my participation and repenting of my actions once I know the root cause. Laying it down, repenting of it. There's an old song, you know, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you turn yourself around, and you walk in the direction that you're to walk in. We all have natural evil desires, and we can't, we can't just ignore them. We must deal with them decisively and nail them to the cross of Christ. Nail them to that cross. Years ago, I, there was a cross, and we were taking things are writing them on paper and nailing them to the, nailing them to the cross. And in, in my spirit, I saw people going back up and taking a hammer and pulling their nails back out and taking their thing with them. That's not what you do. You leave it on the cross. It's there. You nail it to the cross, leave it there. Choosing the lead in the Holy Spirit, we produce the kind of fruit listed in verses 22 and 23. Many tre- people will try self-improvement courses. I'm not saying they can't help. But the fruits of the Spirit aren't works we can accomplish by checking off our lists. Oh, loving, kindness, check, 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 right? It doesn't work that way. You don't see fruit trees groaning to push forth fruit, do you? Think, where's Mark? He has some fruit trees in his backyard. I never heard him say that those fruit trees are out there groaning trying to push fruit forward. It's something that comes natural in the right environment fruit is produced. Are you in the right environment? Are you placing yourself in places where you can learn, where you can get more of what the Holy Spirit has for you? We don't have to fear the Spirit's direction. He doesn't make us do anything against our wills. He gives us gentle nudges. You've all felt them. You've all seen it. Just little nudges. This is the way to go. There are times I've done something and realized what I was sensing to do in the first place would have been a lot better than what I did. It happens. We develop character traits like Jesus as we live this Christian life, this life choice, because that's what you've made. You've made a life choice to follow Jesus Christ. We're in the process of being renewed, renewed in our thought processes, renewed in our actions, but it's all a choice, folks. It's all a choice. What will you choose today? I just encourage you to live lives marked by the fruit of the Spirit. Live lives marked by Jesus Christ. When you develop these traits, people are going to be, they're going to want to be around you. Say, what? You're different. Who are you? I, I need to know you, you know? I need to understand where you're coming from. Let us walk together as brothers and sisters, and love one another, not only in this house, but take it out with us. 
to be loving and kind to people. If something happens at the cash register and the, and the woman's rude, be loving. Or the man's rude. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say just woman. Man or woman. What, what do you call those people at the checkout? Cashiers, thank you. So if the cashier's rude, be loving to that cashier. Bless them in the name of Jesus. It's our choice to follow Jesus Christ. And as I say that, I'd like the people that are going to be baptized today to be released and you can go get ready. Jesus paid a price, a price for each one of us that we could not pay. He took our sins upon the cross. Jesus paid a price and set us free from the power of sin. He set us free from the power of the law. He set us free to be led by the Spirit. I want to give you a scripture to meditate on this week. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He will direct your paths. A little story I want to share with you, and many of you, the last time I preached, I shared about Norm. He was a friend of mine who's no longer with us. He's with the Lord. But this just came to me I was, as I was driving in this morning. When I was baptized, Norm was at that church where I was baptized. Norm said, just hold him down to the bubble stop. That was Norm. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing I want you to get a hold of here is Norm was in that church for years. But if you remember any part of the story, Norm was not saved. Norm spoke out of his own mouth that he could not be saved because of something that happened in his life. There is nothing we can't be forgiven for. God loves us that much that he gave his only begotten son for us. Today we have a number of our family here at Bethel that have chosen to publicly declare their faith in Jesus Christ and be baptized. Baptism is baptism, baptism. That's a good one. I made a new word. <laughs> baptism is a reminder of our identity in Jesus. It's an act that symbolizes who you are. You put off the sins of flesh, you bury them in baptism. And coming up out of that water symbolizes you are spiritually alive and a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new creation in Christ Jesus. I think of the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian is riding along in his chariot and Philip sees him and he's reading the scriptures. And Philip asked if he understood what he was reading. And the man asked Philip to help him to understand what he was reading. Philip, Philip explained the passage, then went on to share about Jesus so the man could understand Jesus was the Lamb of God. When they rode by a body of water, 
The man said, can I be baptized? It's that simple. It's that simple. Sharing the word, sharing Jesus and baptism. This morning, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you can. Let's just close our eyes and pray this prayer together. I know most of you in this house are saved, but we can pray it again. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died in my place and rose again from the dead, paying a price I could never pay. I believe you're the true Son of God, and I choose you, Lord Jesus. Come into my life and lead me. If you spoke that for the first time this morning, there's water right up here. And I'm sure we can find you something to dry off with. But it's making that public declaration that I belong to Christ Jesus. I am his. And I embrace the love that he has for me. Stacy, could you come and play a little, please? There's no better way than to join in this baptism service today. God's love is here in this place. Just put your hands up to sing. Lord, we just worship you. We just receive all that you have in this place today. And we acknowledge you as the Lord of our lives. We accept your forgiveness and we accept healing in our bodies right now. Lord, anything that does not belong goes in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your love that is never ending. In Jesus' name. Pastor Bree will be baptizing people in the baptism pretty soon so if we can just worship she's ready thank Thank you for listening you can find us online at bethelag.com or on facebook at bethel assembly of god littlestown pennsylvania our services are also live streamed every sunday on our youtube channel bethel ag littlestown pennsylvania